You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy here on FNTSY Radio. Chris Meany here with you this afternoon. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. We'll have Tony Sincata filling in for Corey Parson. We will talk a lot about fantasy football. I mean, March is is the time to be a sports fan, is it not? You got March Madness. We have tip-off here this afternoon, about 10 minutes away. We have Butler and Purdue. This tournament has been off the charts, we have people who are playing fantasy hockey and fantasy basketball in playoff time. This is Sunday. You're going to have to keep an eye on all the news, making last-minute decisions to try to get into the semis, win your semi matchup, play quarterfinals, whatever it is in your leagues. Just heard George Kurtz a little earlier with my man Joe Pizapia. Uh, I know I'm in a in a league with with Kurtz, and Kurtz is is crunching the numbers right now. I'm sure of it, trying to get in uh, to the next round of his fantasy hockey playoff matchup as well. And of course, we'll talk football. It's mostly what we'll talk about here today. Is I'm sure you know about all the signings already, everything that's happened. You know, of course, Kirk Cousins is with Minnesota. Case Keenum has gone on to Denver. Drew Brees, of course, stays. Sam Bradford is with the Cardinals, uh, Arizona, just trying to bring in something to keep Larry Fitz uh, a little happy. I'm sure they'll draft a quarterback come draft day. Lots of football signings already have happened. Tony and myself will break it down from a fantasy standpoint, what it all means. We'll talk some fantasy baseball. I know it is fantasy football frenzy, but like I said, it's March. We have the, the final round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational happening today as well. Tee off just, that's getting underway here. In fact, a few golfers are already on the course. Some of the big ones that you want to know about Tiger Woods, T10, he gets underway 1.30 Eastern time. He's minus 7.5 off the lead. Henrik Stenson leading right now, minus 12. Rory McIlroy making noise yesterday, moving day he shot a 67 yesterday. He's just two back of the lead. So all things sports here. And just the latest, I guess, around the NFL and something that I just found out here this morning is just a couple visits, scheduled visits in the NFL. Let's start with DeMarco Murray yet to find a team. The Dolphins have reportedly set up a visit to see DeMarco Murray. Now, Kenyon Drake was great last year when he filled in when J.J. was traded. It was a little slow moving at first between Williams and Drake. Which guy was Adam Gase going to lean on? But Drake had he showed the Drake he showed a ton of talent he was catching balls in the backfield and showing some nice spurts some big time runs uh so it'll be interesting to see uh if they do bring in DeMarco Murray and you know what I've been a lot of talk with a lot of people about backs and bringing in multiple backs you know the Titans signed Deion Lewis oh that sucks I like Derrick Henry it's not it's not good that's a good football move that is a great football move look what the Patriots have been doing for years with three or four backs rotating through all of these guys and then recently signing Jeremy Hill. Ah, ever, Jeremy Hill sucks. Jeremy Hill sucks. The guy almost had a touchdown per game over the first three years of his career. Yeah, his yards per carry numbers may not be good, but the guy can find the end zone. He could score touchdowns. The Patriots, they don't mind rotating. It's not great for fantasy, but they'll rotate through Gillisley. They brought back Rex Burkhead. They bring in Jeremy Hill. They'll rotate through of some of these guys. James White is still hanging around. It's not a great fantasy situation, but it's a really good real-life NFL situation. And the same thing with the Eagles. The Eagles just come off a Super Bowl win. J.H.I. is a, he has a pretty good game in the Super Bowl. Not a, It wouldn't have been a great fantasy game. Like Eric Blunt finds the end zone, scores a touchdown. Corey Clement 
finds the end zone, scores a touchdown, sprinkling all these guys. Uh, that's the way to succeed. Uh, speaking of like Garrett Blunt, he is officially with the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions obviously needing some help at the running back position. How much is Garrett Blunt going to be? Is he going to have any fantasy relevance to you? He's probably just going to be a buy and replacement uh, RB2 at best, borderline RB2. Uh, Detroit has not had a running back in a long time for Matthew Stafford. Get this guy a running back. Let's see this team with a pass blocker and Somebody, yeah, Riddick can catch, sure. Let's get somebody who can run between the tackles and get those extra yards because Detroit hasn't had it. Reggie Bush is the last 100-yard rusher. Reggie Bush was the last one. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on what happens in Detroit. The former Heisman. The former Heisman as we bring in Tony Sincata. Tony, what's going on, man? I was just talking about just obviously everybody knows about some of the big signings, and we'll go over it, uh, what it means from a fantasy standpoint. But just reading here, um, and it happened last night, re- report surfaced. DeMarco Murray set up uh, for a visit with the Dolphins. We know they moved on from J.H.I. Kenyon Drake looked good, but just kind of hammering the point down that you need two or three running backs in this type of these days in the NFL. Yeah, that you know, that's the craziest thing is that they've gone out of their way. Now, this is the third or fourth time attempt at trying to get someone in there with Kenyon Drake, which is crazy to me because the guy looks so good, right? He looks so good when he played and got that opportunity. And you could say, hey, well, this is a kid that, you know, second string running back most of the time in college. But he was at Alabama. They probably had five, you know, guys that could have played at other colleges anytime uh, there. And when he had the opportunity, to play, he came up big. Now, I remember reading last year that he had never touched the ball uh, more than 13 times in any game in college and then through the pros. And then when he got the opportunity, though, he blasted it out. Uh, I, I hate this. And I can't believe DeMarco Murray would go to a team that had a guy like Kenyon Drake unless his options are limited. Um, if I was him, I'd be going to a team like Houston where the, I think Lamar Miller uh, would want to try to get out. A team like Seattle. Um, unless they have no interest in him. Because uh, he's already gone through this with Derrick Henry. Yeah, you wonder. You're right. You want, And the biggest thing with Murray is, and I'm sure he's, he's a professional athlete, wants to prove himself. I mean, he's already proved himself, but he had a down year in Philly. He bounced back nicely in Tennessee. You're right. Henry's there pushing at the door. He just, with think, for me, Tony, with Murray, I mean, this guy, it's the health. I mean, it's always been health. And last year, it was just something seemed to always bother him. He couldn't get that full workload, those 20-plus carries. You're right. We, we just couldn't see it from Murray. So, hey, maybe people are just down on him a little bit. Maybe his options are certainly limited. But he's the he is the best back on the board available. I, I mean, I don't see anybody else uh, with his skill set available, uh, you know, I think he's the guy. If people are missing out, he's the one. Go to Kenny Drake. I'm looking at the touches. I mean, this guy balled out, Tony. Oh, yeah. At the last few weeks of the season, he had 23 carries, 120 yards, caught three balls, had a receiving touchdown. Following week, 25 carries, 114 yards, caught five balls. The following week after that, 16 for 78, caught six balls on 11 targets. So dual threat can do it all. Uh Got to be a little bit bummed if you're a Drake owner in a dynasty league and hearing that DeMarco Murray could come into town and steal some touches from him. Not this only that, w- catches. This is why I think you know people that play fantasy football uh, are generally um, getting more intelligent and they're getting they're starting to be more sophisticated, like the fantasy baseball player. And that's why I think running backs that are in backfields by themselves 
are going to go at the top of the draft, no matter how much these wide receivers dominate the league. It's just a huge drop-off. Yeah, it is. That was my strategy last year, just grabbing backs. And I think in you know 90% of my leagues, my first two picks were backs. You know, It all depends certainly where you are in drafts. But, Tony, isn't that how you think this draft? I mean, we're a long way away. We still have the real-life NFL draft and guys like Murray to sign and some juggling. But, I mean, I feel like 90% of my leagues are going to – the first seven to eight picks are going to be running backs, with the exception of Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah, that's how I think, but I've been surprised a lot of times. And Is that going to be I, your strategy? Just backs, backs? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got to get it back there at the beginning. You know what? And I'd even go deeper than some of these backs that I think a lot of people um, would. I, I think I, like, I, I just have to get it back. And if, if I did go and I look at it and six went off the board right away, I'd probably still go back and go, the, and go that route. Yeah, I think I would, too. I, I mean, I think the first few picks, I mean, you think Gurley, Bell, you, you think Zeke, David Johnson bounces back. People are in on David Johnson. There's four right there. And then not even throwing in Alvin Kamara, who who just came out of nowhere. It was interesting about The David Alvin Johnson Kamara. thing is interesting to me this year because we're going to have a new coach there, right? we got a guy coming off an injury. And... He's been a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a guy that can get the ball to goal line. He's a guy that can run. He can do it all, do it all right? But what if you're a new coach and you say, hey, last year my team was pathetic without David Johnson. There's no way I can keep him on the field every play. And all of a sudden they bring another back just like every other team. I, I'm scared to draft David Johnson. <laughs> I'm going to be scared because of reasons that you just said. All of those reasons, the team is not going to be good. He's had, I know it's a fluke wrist injury, but he had the knee injury too the year before. And there's 10, <sighs> there's 10 running backs I think you could pick, one through 10, if you wanted to. You could go throw these any, any order you want. Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. I'm not putting LaShawn McCoy in there. No, Alvin, either. Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, and then I would go Devonta Freeman. Some people won't, so that nine or ten, depending on how you believe on Devonta Freeman. And then you're going to throw Pro- Barkley into the mix, depending on his landing Depen- spot. Yeah, depending but- on where, where here he lands. What, what? Let me ask you a question though. Yeah. What if he lands in Cleveland? See. If there was no hide, I'd be all about it. But That's now, what I'm if saying. he goes to Cleveland, I'm no. I would. I would put all of the other running backs that we just that you just threw out there ahead of him. I would. And I thought it was writing on the wall, Tony. This guy was going to take Barkley. He's here. All the hype of all the scouts. I mean, he's Le'Veon yeah. Bell, Sean McCoy, David Johnson in one. You, you hear all that, and it's like, oh yeah. I mean, they get rid of Crowell. They bring in a, a quarterback. Yeah, Barkley is the guy. And then they go ahead and they sign Carlos Hyde. That signing confused the shit out of me. I. Uh, I Get it at all. I saw a mock draft last night where he went to Cleveland with the fourth pick. He went with the fourth pick. Yeah, and I mean, the Jets move up. The Jets are... are they First three the, picks were quarterbacks, yeah. and the fifth pick was a quarterback in the mock draft I saw. Okay, so the Colts the Colts are out of it now. The Gi- Is the Giants the wild card? Because we know that... See, part of me feels like they think that the window is still open with Eli. You got Shepard and Ingram. Odell Beckham comes back. You bring in Ogletree from the Rams. You, you got... You, you still have some pieces. The defense is still fine. They signed Jonathan Stewart. Okay, whatever. But are they going to draft a quarterback at two? Or are they just going to say, hey, is Barkley there at one? We need a running back. <laughs> Haven't had one in a long time. 
Let's do it. That's the wild card team for me, I think. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, and you know, it did. I think they need to draft a quarterback, right? Who's going to yeah. say that that guy? I mean, it, it, we can debate Eli Manning. I was of the opinion that Eli Manning's done, right? I, I definitely was. But the more and more I put it together, that you know what, that offense was probably top ten when Beckham plays. So how can the quarterback be done? One guy makes that much of a difference, but he was terrible without Beckham. But so were the receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't know their names. Yeah, <laughs> week to Every, week, right? Everyone was though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they lost. They lost. Um, well, they lost Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall. Yeah, and then Beckham, and it was just Ingram. And we were there's all loving guy, Ingram. Like he looks like a wide receiver catching eight or nine balls a game. There's a guy running around receiver. named Tim Lewis. We all loved all of a sudden. <laughs> Tim Lewis. He used to bag my Reggie. groceries. Yeah, he's the bag to grow. Kirk Warner. I love seeing Kirk Warner on NFL Network. I can't tell if he's serious or not, but he's always like, you know, guys, I was I was warming up yesterday. I was warming up. Uh, I'm 46, 44, and I still got it. And then they show the graphic on NFL Network, top free agent quarterbacks, number one, Kirk Warner. <laughs> so I'll tell see you all what. this money coming around. He can be better than some of the ones we saw last year. Well, you know he can at least be, and this is crazy, he could at least be a top 64, right? And be yes. a backup. He could be a backup. And he's, and he's probably saying, you know, I don't know what he gets paid. He probably gets, I don't know, somewhere a million dollars or less, right, for his NFL gig. Yeah. He probably could get like two or three million dollars a backup quarterback. Well, that's what I mean. He's sitting there watching Sam Bradford get double 20. digit again. Bradford, and he's like, hey, I mean, I could go out there and at least play a couple games. I still have an okay knee. Bradford making over $130 million hasn't done a whole lot, Tony. We come back. Let's we'll touch on Sam Bradford. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Chris Mini, Tony Sakata, Chris Mini, and for Corey, Corey Parson. You know, Corey uh, must be doing a little baseball stuff or something today. You know, Corey's that multifaceted, uh, you know, multiple sport guy. Yeah, I mean, he was probably into doing some tout, doing some drafts, maybe doing some <laughs> baseball here today. I did League of Leagues, as you mentioned, multi-sport. I, I had the League of Leagues draft yesterday, Tony. Oh, my God. It's it's so fun. It really is. But it was a 10-hour draft. It took forever. 50 rounds, and we all had keepers. So you draft a basketball team, a football team, and a baseball team. Whatever order you want. Uh, it was a lengthy, lengthy draft. Want to hear the first few picks? Let's hear our first five picks. All right, so keep in mind some are keepers, but these were still studs. NBA off the top, crazy. Harden was first overall. Giannis was second. Pat Mayo, myself, had third pick. We took Anthony Davis. Then it was Russell Westbrook, and then Mike Trout. And then how come most people go with NBA? What's the? I think it's I think it's because you know there's only a a few top tiered 
players in the NBA, yeah. and it's really tough to compete if you don't have you know three or four solid players. And people are just – I noticed last year was my first year taking this draft, and wow, NBA went off the board. Adam Rank's first six picks were NBA. It was like, holy, what is going on here? Um, but, yeah, they, I think that's just the strategy. You get yourself a solid NBA team. You could always fix things, stream pitchers in baseball. You'll always find a closer. You find a guy who just heats up midseason. We're talking about Riss Hoskins being a third-round pick. Nobody had him draft day last year, so you can just find them, find certain guys. And same with football, right? Injuries happen. Yeah. So I'm I'm here just uh we'll get right back to it, guys, uh, here. But I want to put a comparison to football and fantasy basketball. I'm in a head-to-head fantasy basketball league. This is the second week of the playoffs, and uh, fantasy football we uh, we stop early because everybody sits out. I don't know when you would have to do that in basketball because there's still a little while to go. But my team is being ravaged this week by players not playing, and I'm down. I'm getting killed in the playoffs, and I had the second best team all year, and I'm not winning a single category because I got guys that's sitting out from night to night, like Kyle Lowry, who's perfectly healthy, sat out a game this week. Um, Larry Markkinen sitting out a game this week. And it's like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I don't know what, what in ba- basketball, they sit out all year long. Yeah, it's, basketball is extremely tough. And that's why guys like LeBron James, and we all know he's the best player in the NBA. Well, certainly I think that anyways. That's why he gets his his rankings in fantasy. Like, I'm in a draft with what I feel is a pretty competitive league, and I took LeBron James 10th overall. Because people wow. were afraid... At, at what you just said. It's a head-to-head league, and these playoffs actually start late. My playoffs are starting tomorrow, which even is worse. And the fear is LeBron James and the Cavs will be cruising. He doesn't care. Meanwhile, they're not cruising, but the, we've seen this before where LeBron James just kind of sits out the back-to-backs, uh, you know, sits out for rest, doesn't really care where he plays. When he wins a game in Golden State to win the championship, LeBron James doesn't care if you know, last year you didn't care if the Celtics were first or the Cavs were first. So I hear you. It's tough. I'm in the same situation today. I'm actually in a league, I think, with you when we did that uh, December mock for for NBA.com. Uh, and I got Rondo. Just Rondo rested yesterday. And now, he, you know, he may or may not. I think he was upgraded to a game-time decision today. Uh, but he may not play. So it's tough, man. It's I think you got to start it. Last week, and I think you got to be having your finals now, but there's probably no way around that, Tony. Guys are going to rest in the NBA. It's just the way it is. It's very, very sad. A report out of Seattle that the Seattle Seahawks are bringing in Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, uh, to take a look. Now, Pryor is a guy that was great final year in Cleveland, went to Washington with big expectations, and did absolutely nothing. Now the Seattle Seahawks are looking at Terrell Pryor. What's your thoughts on possible move with the Seahawks they certainly need some wide receiver help yeah they do I mean they lose Richardson I mean it's not exciting it doesn't excite me at all like Terrell Pryor just landed on his face last year he did nothing and the one touchdown and the one touchdown he had Jake was always crying about it during on target he's a push-off he's a push-off shouldn't even count it uh, but, I mean, it's not going to cost you much. He did have that one good season in Cleveland. The thing with it, he was just able to do what he wanted in Cleveland. There wasn't a lot of guys there. In Washington, I'm not surprised that it didn't work out. You know, he obviously went to a new system, but there were some other people around there. Kirk Cousins spreads that ball around, and I just didn't see him as a true number one. He won't be in Seattle. It's not exciting. Baldwin's the guy. Can Lockley stay healthy? This team needs to fix the offensive line for Russell Wilson. They still aren't going to have a run game. 
and it's worth a shot. We'll put it that way. But I wouldn't be surprised if they signed him to minimum and he just was cut, you know, throughout camp. It wouldn't shock me. Mm-mm-mm. It seems like he needs to get back to uh, Cleveland and he understands the offense and could have something going on there. Yeah, I mean, why not? Send him back to Cleveland. I've, I like what Cleveland has done. I mean, like we saw, we talked about Barkley and Hyde. Maybe they don't want Barkley. Maybe they do, but maybe they're just also throwing some money because they had it and they're sick of losing. Is Carlos Hyde is a good football player. Let's bring him in. Like, let's let's trade for Jarvis Landry. We got Gordon. We have Coleman. Let's let's acquire Tyrod Taylor. Apparently, Hugh Jackson really likes him. And he fits his system really well. And Tyrod Taylor is a safe quarterback. They're not going to throw as many picks as Kaiser last year. We'll tell you that. They're not going to throw 30 picks. Yeah, I, it's going to be real interesting to see, though, how long he's able to hang on that job if they go ahead and they you know draft a quarterback, as we expect. Yeah, they draft a quarterback. and I, I, Yeah, who knows? But what do you think, five-win team? Like They look like a five-win team to me. The Bengals are not great. The Ravens have no offense. So I was on the other night with, uh, with Gabe Moore and C. Cam Stewart and Mike Cardano, and they were talking about they can't wait for the over-and-unders to come out because they want to bet the Browns over. They think they can win eight games. And they were going yeah. over all the changes that they made. And, you know, their offensive line is pretty good. The defense was pretty good last year. They've made additions to both. The running game's better. The wide receiver's better. The quarterback's better. And I said, you guys are crazy. I said, there's no way you go from one win to eight wins with that team. And they're like, oh, why? I said, they still have the same coach that's 1-31. and 31. <laughs> They still have the same coach, which is which is kind of the key because – I mean, he's just made some bonehead decisions if you've watched. So here's the, here's the schedule. Now, it's not the order, but these are the teams that they play. So they're going to play Atlanta. Of course, they're going to play Baltimore. They're going to have Carolina. Of course, Cincinnati. They're going to have the Chiefs. They're going to have the Chargers. They're going to have the Jets. That's going to be a winnable game. Of course, they're going to have Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincy again. they got Broncos. They're going to have to go into Denver, go into Houston, go into New Orleans. Those are three tough games for them. Going to Oakland, that's a winnable game, I, I would say. Well, right now. Uh, into Pittsburgh and into Tampa. Eight wins is tough. Eight yeah. wins is going to be tough for Cleveland. <laughs> they, got, they got some tough games. I think they could win five, though. I give them a split against Cincy and a split against Baltimore. They always play Pittsburgh tough, but they got some, they got some skilled players now on offense. And you just said their defense is fine. They're going to draft a couple more pieces. So you you never know. Five is I think five would be the line though, Tony. Don't you think like six and a half, not not eight? <laughs> no, the, you know it's funny because becoming a when you're a Patriots fan, you realize the importance of coaching. People don't realize that. When I was growing up, that was the worst team every single season. They were the worst. The Sullivans were the original owner of that franchise. Uh, they ran it kind of like the Bengals run their franchise, and then Victor Kiam, the Razor guy, took over. And then Robert Kraft, the, uh, it was a Patriots fan. He bought the team. And he, when he got Bill Parcells in there, everything changed. Like, everything changed the way they did everything. And they just became a real team. And I, I think the same things happened in Cleveland. Yeah. I, they for need sure. to get someone. I, you need to get – I mean, just look at the Eagles, for example, coaching. I mean, who could have – do you think Nick Foles would be as good – in anywhere else, Tony? Because I don't. I'm I'm an Eagles guy. I watched Nick Foles before. I watched him with the Rams and Fisher. He got cut on live TV. He he was gonna ready to retire. He went over to Kansas City and he won two games filling in for Alex Smith under 
Andy Reid and a little bit of Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson brings him over. It's all about coaching. And and with Frank Reich, Reich said before after he officially went to the Colts, he said, you know, they asked him, how did you do this with Nick Foles? We sat him down and we said, forget about our strengths. What's your strengths? Let's play to your strengths. What can you do? What do you feel comfortable doing? We'll work around the offense that way. And it's all about coaching. And Xavier Rhodes said with the Vikings, we didn't think that they'd take any deep shots. We watched the game against the Falcons, didn't take any deep shots. It's all they did is took deep shots against Minnesota. It's all about coaching and playing to strengths. And I agree, Hugh Jackson is is not that guy. He's he, he's just shown bonehead decision after bonehead decision. You listen to the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada, and he is... Chris Meany, as we're absolutely getting it done. Of course, the big offseason acquisition at quarterback was Kirk Cousins to the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Cousins, I thought he was go there. I thought we knew pretty early on when uh, the Jets said, hey, we can't even give this guy enough money. He just wants to win. I thought it was decided right then that he was going to Minnesota. And that's where he went. And um, what's your thoughts on the Vikings? He's got a lot of pressure on him now because now they expect him to be the key to the Super Bowl run. That's right. I mean, the pressure is is huge because, I mean, they just lost to the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. So, I mean, the pressure is it's 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 almost like Super Bowl or bust. It's tough. I mean, I understand he has a has a really good chance to win there, but there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Green Bay is going to bounce back. I'm not going to count Chicago as one of those teams, but they've improved. The Saints are fine. The Eagles. Uh, the Falcons, the Rams, there's a lot of, of good teams that have all improved and were good last year. He's got all the weapons around him. I mean, he's not going to be shy of any weapons, right? I mean, Adam Thielen broke out. Adam Thielen's for real. Diggs is solid. He's got a nice tight end. Dalvin Cook comes back. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces. The defense is phenomenal. And they picked up Richardson yesterday, former Jet. I mean, <laughs> they add to that. I mean, the defense is is legit. It really is. So Keena, uh, Cousins is not going to have to do too much to win ballgames. I think he's fine for a fantasy quarterback. I think he's a QB1. I, I, I really do. I, the weapons around him is, is fine. From a Minnesota standpoint, I mean, I'd just – maybe I'm crazy to say this, but I'd rather save the 8 $9 bucks in cap space and just continue to roll with Keenum. But Keenum, you know, he as good as he was in the regular season, Tony, he wasn't phenomenal against the Saints. He only had that one touchdown, and that was blown coverage. And then against the Eagles, he, he didn't do a whole lot either. He had the pick, and not a lot happened in Philly. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins hasn't proved us yet anything in the playoffs either, has he? No. I mean, he did he did nothing. Um, so, he's the only – it's weird with me with Cousins. He's the only quarterback in the National Football League that I see when he misses a receiver – that he uh, one-hops them. All the other quarterbacks overthrow the receivers. And it's weird to me, and I don't know if it's an indication on uh, lack of arm strength or just indecision, but he uh, he throws one-hoppers to, to wide receivers, and I don't see any other quarterback doing that. Hmm. Yeah, I... No, I mean Bortles. Maybe <laughs> Bortles is throwing hoppers all over the all over the field. Uh, yeah, you know what? I just Kirk Cousins to me. I've I've always felt like he's just been a, just slightly overrated. 
uh, you know, in fantasy, was, there's just talk about him being a you know a consensus top five quarterback, and you know he lost two 1,000 yard wide receivers that had never been done. Like two 1,000 yard wide receivers have never left through free agency before, and Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon, he left those guys, and he still put up decent numbers. He still threw for over 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns. There were over 20 different line combinations on that Washington team last year. Kirk Cousins was on his ass a lot, and he had no real run game. He had Chris Thompson who was a nice piece, but Samaje Pirine was not great. Rob Kelly could not stay on the field. So now he goes over to Minnesota in what is a good offensive line. They've improved their offensive line over the past couple of years. Dalvin Cook looked phenomenal before he got hurt. And Latavius Murray filled in nicely as well. So there's some pieces around Kirk Cousins for him to be successful. So I think he could have a, a, another similar season. And he runs around a little bit too, four rushing touchdowns last year. So he can be okay fantasy quarterback. I'm just not, I'm not into drafting quarterbacks here. Like if he's if he's going top five, I'm not going to have him on my, any of my teams. You know what's crazy about that is that I think that a lot of people um, don't realize that Minnesota arguably might have the best receiving group in the National Football League when you look at uh, Diggs and if we'd be able to bring Thielen and then they had to have Kyle Rudolph at tight end. Um, they lose a little with Jarek McKinnon now out of the backfield uh, there. But uh, I, this is a team that has so many weapons. Yeah, I agree. A ton of weapons. That's that's what I mean. Like, he's going to a better situation. I mean, it's similar to a couple years ago when he had Garcon and he had uh, Jackson and he had a healthy read. So now he goes over and he, and he gets Adam Thielen. Like, Adam Thielen, for people who are not believing in Adam Thielen and thinking perhaps that that was just, you know, fluke, not great, that wasn't. Adam Thielen's 91 catches and 1,200 yards, and that season that he had, which I'm looking at now from a fantasy standpoint, was wide receiver seven in a full-point PPR, or a half-point PPR, rather. He's a beast. He's awesome. He's phenomenal. And Diggs is as good as well. And in the run game, as I said, so Kirk Cousins, you're right. Arguably, the top offense in football. I'm looking around. I'm thinking the Steelers are still going to be very successful, but you know about all the splits. This is a good offense for the Minnesota Vikings. And, yeah, and a good and they have for a them to compete. Change at the offensive coordinator. So Pittsburgh will be interested to see how that one plays out. But if you want perfection, how about Fantasy Factor? It's the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flat a prize pool, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor, always fun contests going on. This year, Fantasy Factor is running a $100,000 home run derby. Simply sign up and enter www.fantasyfactor.com. You listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy, Fantasy Football. All 52 weeks a year, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and make sure you get it delivered to your device each and every day. When we come back, we'll talk a little Case Keenum. What is Case Keenum's attributes in Denver? He had a great, great offense in Minnesota. He's got a couple of good wide receivers out there in Denver. Demarius Thomas, though, on the decline the last three seasons. Can he pick it back up? Stay tuned for more right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Scott. He is Chris Meany, and we're here absolutely getting it done this morning, talking about what's happening in the National Football League. Chris, I, I, I keep saying that this has got to be the most off-season activity in the history of the NFL. I mean, it used to be baseball every year we'd look for, and I don't know if it's actually the truth or if it's just something we think about all you know every year oh this is the most uh, but it seems like this is the most no it does and it seems like uh, it, you know each year i'd say that it's getting a little bit more and more i think like last year was there was a lot of moves and i felt like you know we probably said that but this year there definitely does seem like a lot of, and baseball like nothing happened <laughs> it's like we yeah, waited true. forever for for something to happen in baseball that's times true. Change a little bit but you're right guys i think a lot of teams needed quarterbacks i think that was the biggest thing tony is this past season you know, there was a lot of poor quarterback play. There really was. And guys you got hurt. And, you know, guys had to come in and backups had to come in. And the backups were not good. Let's be honest. Like, apart from Nick Foles and what happened, I mean, call that what you want. Good coaching. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe that couldn't happen well, again. Well, you got Case but, Keenum, too. Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum is a good example. He came in and he was he was phenomenal. But it just, you know, Rodgers gets hurt. A lot of guys, you know, disappointed and, you know, Big bodies went down offensively. Wide receivers and quarterbacks weren't able to able to overcome that. So I think it starts there and just some of the movement in the NFL and you're seeing teams be successful. And, and it doesn't take long for a team to move on from somebody now. All right, before we get before we get to uh, Case Keenum, I'm going to tell you the quarterback play is going to get worse if you guys want to believe this or not in the National Football League. I've been saying this for two years. Uh, I don't think people realize the age of the quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's become a problem. And uh, we've got about eight quarterbacks that are at least 37 years of age that you're going to see drop off, and some of these guys are going to drop off quickly. And I think that's that's the issue here that people don't really uh, are not expecting, right? Tom Brady's 41 years old. We've seen him drop off. Uh, we've seen Peyton Manning drop off really quickly when the drop came. Uh, Eli Manning's another quarterback that's 37 years old. Philip Rivers is right up there, 38 years old. Drew Brees is right there. I mean, you go across the NFL, all these quarterbacks that start age, uh, even um, Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger, they're, they're approaching 35 years old uh, here. We we have uh, the Jets starting quarterback last year. It was a guy that's been a journeyman, but it was the Jets starting quarterback at 37 years of age. We're getting older and older at the quarterback position, and these guys have hung on to jobs. And uh, we're going to see a huge change at the quarterback position over the night. And Matt Ryan's in his mid-30s, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember Howie Roseman. When they moved up to trade for... What eventually was to take Wentz. They moved up to the two spot, and they said that they were happy with Goff or Wentz. And Howie Roseman looked around the league, and he said, I'm looking at a lot of, of, of older quarterbacks. And he threw out Carson Palmer. He threw out Tony Romo. He threw yeah. out Eli Manning. He said, he, said Brady, he said Brady and Rivers and Ben are aging. 
And we need to get ourselves a young quarterback. We need to to go and get a guy that we feel comfortable to be the guy, and we feel like this is the year. Looking ahead at the next couple of years, this is the the way to move. And that was my thing with Kirk Cousins. Like, how much does this guy want to win? Does he want to win, or does he does he want the money, or does he want to look to his future? And I thought that perhaps maybe he would go to the Jets and pick them because of some of the reasons you just said. Tony Romo was aging. Looks at look at that division. What do they got in Miami? Nothing. Tannehill, prove it. He's getting older, too. He's almost 30 now. Buffalo Bills, nothing. An aging Brady. Look over at the AFC North. Dalton, Flacco, come on. Cleveland, nothing. Ben, aging. Jacksonville, okay, Bortles, you take the step. Mariota, maybe there's something going on in the AFC South. Luck and and Watson. I think it's the best division now. I promise. I think it's the best division in football now. I would agree. And and the Jaguars fans, like like out here, you know, it's so funny because you know people know what I what I, I do for a living, and I say, and so they they want to talk to me about sports until I tell them, you know what, I don't think it's gonna be so easy next year. It, and they're like, "What do you mean? We, we were one game away from the Super Bowl." I said, "There's a good chance you're going eight and eight. And they go, "What? Yeah. What eight and eight? I said, first of all, you had the easy one of the easiest schedules in the league last year. And now you're playing uh, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and Philadelphia." I said, add it to the schedule. You got a gift that you played Houston when they had no quarterback twice. You played Indianapolis with no quarterback twice. Now they're both going to have quarterbacks. The division got exactly. better. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the year before when they were they had three wins, three and 13, that's why they had that easy schedule. Now they win the AFC South. They're going to have to play all the, yeah. the division leaders. So, yeah, it gets – it's it's not going to be easy. Tennessee has improved significantly, I think, over the offseason. I mean, they're just grabbing well, pieces from the Patriots. Former Pats, former Pats, former Pats, sure. There's two things in play, though, with Tennessee. One is I think they underachieved last year, so I think they'd be better regardless – if they just played to their expectations. Like, Mariota had a subpar year, and he could blame it on injury, whatever. I thought their wide receiver core was one of the, you know, one through four was one of the, you know, a top ten in the league. They didn't have any yeah. superstar, but they were all good, and they didn't do anything. Although the running back situation, you know, was one of the better ones in the league, and they didn't play like the best in the league. Um, I, I think they're going to be better, but in, in, in defense, you don't really know what a rookie coach is going to do. No, you, you don't. So there could be, you know, certainly an adjustment period there, but they needed to move on from Olarkey. Like that, I, that to me, that I was the was craziest the thing, though. Like, how does he ever get a job again? The guy <laughs> got the team to the playoffs, he got him to the second round of the playoffs, and he lost to the New England Patriots, and he gets fired. I, I know. I know. Like, it's, I, it's I, my honest. It is. He should get a lawyer and sue the NFL for discrimination <laughs> and just go on go to court on the basis of how Hugh Jackson kept a job and how he doesn't have one. It's true. It's nuts. When you when you think about it that way and they overcome some of the injuries because Murray wasn't 100% healthy and you're no. right the wide receiver wide receiver core was I will say disappointing. Corey Davis is very talented. Let's see him. Yeah, he but he didn't do anything. Let's see him in your I think he's he going to be good, too. I, I'm going to tell yeah. you, I thought he was the most overrated guy coming into drafts. Like, people wouldn't stop talking about him. So then one day I just sat and watched YouTube clips of him, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, this guy's better than I thought he was. <laughs> I mean, this guy can play. 
And you know what? I was right the first time. Like our expectations are just too huge for guys because we've seen guys come into the league and be successful at the wide receiver position in day one. But if you go back five years, nobody came in and made an impact at wide receiver except for the very few, like the Jerry Rices of the world, like those elite players. It was always year three before we've seen anything from. And point in case, that's Nelson Aguilar this year nailed it in year three. Oh, nailed it. Yeah, it got comfortable back in, inside the slot. The thing I think people, when they saw the success of Michael Thomas, that, that recency bias, and yeah. see him you know, be a beast in year one, they're just like, okay, Corey Davis. Because if you, you're right. If you watch Corey Davis, I mean, to me, he reminds you of Terrell Owens. I said it from day one. Oh, exact same thing. The exact exactly. same like, if yeah. you took if you put that video and you just threw a San Francisco uniform on him, because I still yeah. uh, go traditional instead of Philadelphia. Um, sure. I... I I would have thought they were the same player. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, NFC wildcard game, 49ers and, and Packers, Favre and Young, and Young finds T.O. In, in the end zone at the end to win it. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I look at them. The, the body's built the same. They're both athletic freaks. They can go up and catch it. And Corey Davis, like as disappointing as he was, if you went back and watched all of his catches, there's four or five highlight real catches along the sidelines that he made. Um, and I agree. I thought maybe too much hype. Richard Matthews is there. They brought in Eric Decker, Delaney Walker. There's just a lot of guys around, two backs that can catch. So it's still a team that wants to run the football. You know, I'm, I'm going to do some uh, watching. You just made me think of something. I'm going to do some watching of uh, Marcus Mariota, and maybe I'm not as tough on him as I should be because sometimes with these guys that have some athletic ability, it actually hurts their game as a quarterback because – what they do is they look and they, they uh, don't look for a second, third wide receiver because they know they have the ability to run. And maybe he's just taking off too quick. Jake and I talked about this numerous times, actually, is that he didn't even look Corey Davis's way sometimes. There yeah. was two or three games where we watched, and it was the first option and then the second, and that was it. And, like, he didn't – and Corey Davis, like – it, no disrespect to Richard Matthews. Decker had lost a step. Delaney Walker is a great tight end. But Corey Davis is your best athlete. He is your best player, and he has already made phenomenal catches. We're comparing him to T.O. for a reason here. It, throw the ball to him. So I, I put a, actually a lot of the blame on Marcus Merida and watching him. I thought he took a major step back. His accuracy was not great. Like I said, he, I didn't think he went through the proper reads. And, and he does run sometimes. Sometimes that's that's his first option of what he wants to do. But I think that as much as we, we want Malarkey to sue the NFL, he had to go. He did. Guys spoke up. They they weren't happy with some of the play calling. Uh, I know Richard Matthews stepped up and said, "But he anytime to go more you of a lose, you offense. should be happy, right?" Right, but they were never going to beat the Titans, so that was or the the Patriots. So that was a bad nah. that was a bad draw. But even before that, they they barely squeaked into the playoffs. Tony, I mean, they went. They had two. I think it was back to back road games. Look at their schedule now. When it mattered, they went into Arizona and lost twelve seven. Then they went into San Francisco and lost twenty five twenty three. Then they lost to the Rams twenty seven twenty three. They got in at the very end of the day against Jacksonville. Jacksonville played most of their starters, but they were checked out. I would assume. And in, in they own Jacksonville actually. They beat. It's just one of those things. They beat them twice. Yeah. They always beat them. Like I've got. I don't know why. I go to one game a year. Like because I, I don't like going to the games because you know I like to watch all the games. And for whatever reason, it seems like I go every year. They play the Titans, and the Titans always win. The Titans always beat them, and yeah. and that's like the Colts. Like the Colts always and the Colts always beat the Titans. And I and I kept saying, and I I knew that record that they always beat the Titans. And I said, not this year without Andrew Luck. Like the Titans are going to win these games uh, against the Colts. 
and and I think they won one, but another one, you know, they they battled. It's just like <laughs> some teams just have, you know, they have your number, whatever it is. But the Colts, to me, I know we're talking about that division. The Colts, to me, is I don't think they're that they're they're that good. Obviously, it all depends on Andrew Luck, but they have a lot of holes on that team. I think they're. I bring this up to Corey Parson. Like I, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we are overrating. Andrew Luck is a quarterback now because here's the thing that people don't understand. If you go and you look at that Hooters calendar on your wall, the last time Andrew Luck put up a big season was 2014. It's 2018, people. He put up 40 (laughs) touchdown passes in 2014, and he put up 31 in 2016. 31 in today's football is, you know, nothing spectacular. No, it's not. And, you know, it, what weapons does he have now? T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle. It's the offensive line. Like, I don't. Well, it's always been Luck a can come in. It's always been a Yeah, Luck can come in this year and throw, you know, another 30, 35 touchdowns and be a beast. But it's always been a problem. He is always on his butt because he's sacked all the time. And last year they gave up the most sacks. Jacoby Brissett. I know he's nowhere near luck, but he was always sacked. They need to protect him. And it goes back to two, three years ago in the first round. Instead of drafting an offensive lineman, they draft Philip Dorsett. You didn't need to draft Philip Dorsett. Like, what are you guys doing? You had a T.Y. Hilton. You had Dante Moncrief who had this nice connection with Andrew Luck. And there's just no, no real need of it. I don't trust that Luck is going to be able to bounce back, man. Like, the latest reports I hear is that Luck is somewhat close to picking up a football. What does that even mean? We haven't even. We heard seen the same stories last months. year. I mean, last off season, right? Last all off these season, stories, maybe he'll be ready week one. No, yeah, all these ready. stories that were coming out are just repeating. Like I think the reporters are just using the same stories from the same time last year. They're using the same ones. Like that's the last one I heard. He's somewhat close to picking up a football, so he hasn't even picked up a football. Like holy the, crap! It's been going on for over a year now. At least they man. they did a good job. Um, the uh, Colts on the, Jaco- come back? on the on the Jacoby Brissett thing for for a team that didn't have a quarterback. If for, for, you know one week, remember Jacoby Brissett didn't start week one. Their quarterback played terrible, and then they Scott went Tulsi. and got yeah Scott Tolson was so bad. They went and got a quarterback and. He was able to play, you know, pretty much, much right away. They did a good job there. They did. They did a good job. You're right. And Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback. No, um, no. You know, He was thrown into, into that spot. Um, yeah, you know, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions with that team and that offensive line. And I'm talking about how many times this guy got sacked. Like, this guy was was sacked a lot. And he moved around. I mean, he can, he can run around. And he was Him and Jack Doyle had times. a thing going. Yeah, they did. 52 times Jacoby Brissett was sacked. Sure, part of that was on him. But a big part of that is on the offensive line. So I don't know, man. I'm not sold on luck in these pieces. And, you know, in that League of Leagues draft we are in yesterday, I saw T.Y. Hilton go pretty early. Uh, I'm not not into anything Indianapolis Colts. I like that division. They're in a tough spot. Think about Jacksonville now. Are you going to throw luck back in against (laughs) Jacksonville? (laughs) This guy's going to be out again. Let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars. You listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Top of the next hour, I want to talk about the Jets situation because 
I'm a little confused about their offseason, but uh, we're going to come back. We'll break it down and uh, see if the Jets are uh, players. And I, I think from an organizational standpoint, and this is nothing new for Jets fan out there to have to deal with, I think they made a huge mistake the other day, a huge mistake. And when we come back, we'll break it down and we'll cover everything you need. Fantasy football, 24 year, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Some of you guys live it. Now we have something for you right here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy football frenzy all season long. But if you get ready for those baseball drafts, you can get your Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball Package now. This year's version is new and improved with more analysis than ever, including an all-day chat channel. Imagine having to talk to Scott Angle, Tim McCullough, Jake Seeley all day long. Get your fantasy football package right now. Use the promo code FNTSY and get yourself a discount. We're back. We're talking Jets next on the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here. Part of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Pete Consadori is a very sick man, and he's come in, and he's put the show on his back, and he's looking like Michael Jordan back in the playoff days. He's out there with the flu, producing the greatest show of all time. Pete Consadori, the people are yelling for Pete, 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 Pete. Stay tuned for more Somebody Fantasy Football Somebody give that guy an Employee of the Month award. 